Taiwan has seen more than 100 local infections in less than two weeks. On Wednesday, the CECC released the genetic sequencing results of 25 recent local cases. All of them involve the same strain of Omicron. Based on the results, the CECC believes that there are currently six chains of domestic transmission. Let's hear from the CECC. We have completed genetic sequencing on 25 samples, and all of them match up with the virus that infected the airport cleaners and the people linked back to the restaurant in Taoyuan. From the genetic sequencing results, it looks like the infection chains are growing, but it doesn't seem that they are connected to the isolated cases we've seen so far. So right now, we believe that there are six chains of local transmission. On Wednesday, the CECC announced 10 new local cases. Seven of them can be traced back to a steakhouse in Taoyuan. One other case is a contact of a Shinju couple diagnosed on Tuesday. The remaining two cases are not linked to any pre-existing cluster. They are a vendor at Taoyuan's Danan Night Market and the child of an infected nurse at Far Eastern Memorial Hospital. The CECC says it may have to change its strategy against COVID, shifting from containment to coexistence with the virus. Speaking to reporters, the head of the CECC said that at this stage, it was still possible to contain Taiwan's domestic clusters and bring the local case count to zero. However, Taiwan has to prepare to coexist with the virus, he said. Weighing in on the remarks, an infectious diseases expert said that the success of this new strategy would depend on the vaccination rate of vulnerable groups and the availability of COVID treatment. Here's one figure holding a lantern, and here's a romantic couple holding hands. These charming animations are the Taipei MRT's new little helpers. Their mission? Crowd control. The animated figures will flash red, orange, yellow or green depending on the degree of crowding in each metro carriage. Passengers can use the lights to choose a less crowded carriage for boarding. Lights above the platform doors will also be color-coded. Red represents the most crowded cars and green represents the least. Based on our assessments, we will prioritize the Longshan Temple Station for installation. The Jiangzi Cui and Xinpu stations are also considered to be among the most crowded during peak hours. This system goes a long way to helping us conserve manpower. Local cases are on the rise, and many of them had used the MRT system before their diagnosis. Although the metro is taking extra precautions, it may not be able to eliminate transmission. The CECC says it may be hard to return to zero daily cases and that Taiwan may have to learn to coexist with COVID. To be able to coexist with COVID, there are several conditions. First, you have to protect the most vulnerable groups, that is, people aged 60 and older. Vaccination coverage for this demographic must reach 80%. If there are good antiviral drugs in a very sufficient amount, then people can simply take medication after they are diagnosed. That can also greatly reduce the proportion of severe COVID cases. Experts say that if the local case count continues to rise, the CECC might raise its COVID alert to level 3 after the end of the college entrance exams on January 23rd or after Spring Festival. But they say it's more likely that the CCC will keep the alert at level 2 while tightening restrictions.
The CECC is expanding its airport testing program to arrivals from India and Southeast Asia. Starting Thursday, passengers on flights from these regions will need to test negative before leaving the airport for their quarantine facilities. Let's hear from the CECC. Compulsory testing for long-haul flights has been in place for a period of time, for several days now, and the whole process and the relevant SOPs have become more mature. So we are going to expand the mandatory testing for arrivals at the airport starting January 20th at midnight for flights that arrive afterward. This will apply to long-haul flights from Europe, the Americas, the Middle East, Australia and New Zealand. It will also apply to routes from South and Southeast Asia. All passengers arriving to Taiwan will be tested at the airport. Tomorrow, testing the flights from South Asia and Southeast Asia means we will test an additional 10 flights in the morning, evening and later at night. We have made the necessary preparations. We hope that this policy will uncover infected cases at the border right as they land. This should be helpful toward preventing community transmission. Travelers who test negative will be allowed to go through customs and take a quarantine taxi to their quarantine hotel or center. Those who test positive will be transported by ambulance to a designated medical facility. Kaohsiung Metro has won more fame for its stunning Formosa Boulevard station. The famous Dome of Light inside the interchange captures the imagination of every tourist that steps inside. Now the station has been named one of the top six most beautiful in the world by a prestigious German culture magazine. Kaohsiung's Formosa Boulevard station is the interchange between the city's red and orange lines. Inside, its fantastic dome of light is a landmark of Kaohsiung's public transport system. It was handmade by Italian glass art master Narcissus Quagliata. Now it has been chosen as the sixth most beautiful metro station in the world by Germany's GEO magazine. I'm very proud, yes, because I've been to lots of metro stations abroad and none of them are like Taiwan's. Many stations in Taiwan have actually been designed with a lot of character. Kaohsiung residents are happy to bask in their dome's reflected glory. Formosa Boulevard station was named number six in the world and number one in Asia. GEO magazine was founded in 1976. It now is published in over 15 languages. It's a very well-known magazine group in the West, focusing on natural history, culture and geography. In 2012, a U.S. travel website named Formosa Boulevard the second most beautiful metro station in the world. We turned the story of Kaohsiung and some very special stories from inside the station into 3D animations using a montage projector. Kaohsiung Rapid Transit Corporation recently renovated both Formosa Boulevard and Central Park stations, winning first prize in an American design competition. It was the first Taiwanese metro company to win laurels in the contest, and it brought more attention to Taiwan's unique metro network. A swimming pool in Yilan's Dongshan Township is just the place to go if you're looking to get up close and personal with wildlife. The pool, which draws water from a nearby spring, often hosts small animals such as eels and crabs. One swimmer says that the presence of wildlife shows that the water is clean and natural. Mm-hmm. This eel-like creature slithers about in a bucket. It wasn't found out in the wild, but inside this swimming pool. 
One patron suddenly started screaming. We rushed to see what it was and we saw it. It was in the morning and the sun wasn't out yet, so we initially thought it was a snake. We caught it and saw it looked like some sort of eel. Some people left comments online saying we should eat it, but I think the animal belongs in nature, so we should just set it free. Eels aren't the only wildlife that can be spotted here. A crab crawls along the side of the pool. When it gets tired, it stops for a rest. Visitors like this one are a common sight. The pool manager says there's a simple explanation. Do you see those bubbles there? That is all spring water. And this here is a spring, and it carries a lot of water. The pool sources its water from a spring dating back to the Japanese colonial period. The water is crystal clear, and it's a cozy habitat for many animals. The spring water stays at around 22 degrees all year round. When winter comes, small animals flock to the spring for warmth, and some of them end up in the pool. Having these animals here shows how good the water quality is. The pool's regulars are used to sharing the water with local wildlife. For them, the animals are a guarantee that the water at the pool is as clean as can be. Taiwan will send its vice president to Honduras to attend the inauguration of Honduran president-elect Xiomara Castro. The announcement was made on Wednesday by the presidential office, which said President, Vice President Lai Qingde will lead a 26-person delegation. This will be Lai's first overseas trip since he took office in May 2020. He and the delegation will leave Taiwan on January 25th and arrive in Honduras on January 27th before departing for home the next day. Honduras, one of Taiwan's diplomatic allies, will inaugurate its new president, Xiomara Castro, on January 27th. Taiwan's presidential office has announced that Vice President Lai Qingde will lead a delegation to the ceremony. Besides Lai, the delegation will include Deputy Secretary General to the President Li Jun-yi, Presidential Office Spokesperson Kulis Yotaka, Deputy Foreign Minister Alexander Yu, Representative to the U.S. Xiaobit Kim, and Dr. Chen Ho-chen, who will handle pandemic safety measures. The 26-person delegation is scheduled to depart from Taiwan on January 25th. Sources say there will be a stopover in Los Angeles before the delegation's arrival in Honduras on January 27th. On the evening of that day, the delegation will attend Castro's inauguration ceremony. They will leave Honduras the following day and be back in Taiwan on January 30th. The disease prevention protocols of this visit have been drawn up in accordance to three principles. The first is charter transport. There will be round-trip charter flights and charter road transport. The second principle pertains to screening. The delegates will be screened before leaving Taiwan, before leaving Honduras, and before arriving in Taiwan. They will undergo PCR tests. The third principle is isolation. Provided that they pass PCR testing, Vice President Lai will take charter transport prepared by a security team to return to his residence in Tainan, where he will isolate for 14 days. After that, he will undergo seven days of self-health management. As for the other members of the delegation, they will have to follow the relevant COVID rules. The presidential office said that the delegation would abide by all pandemic regulations. According to the spokesman, President Tsai Ing-wen has tasked her vice president with three missions, deepening bilateral ties with Honduras, deepening cooperation between the two countries, and deepening Taiwan's international participation in democratic processes. A U.S. delegation led by Vice President Kamala Harris will also attend the delegation, giving Lai a chance to engage directly with the U.S. official. 
There are arrangements for a stopover. We are still discussing the administrative details of that with the government of the country we plan to transit at. When all that is confirmed, we will share the details with everyone. Of course, at the inauguration ceremony in Honduras, Vice President Lai will have the chance to interact with guests from other countries, and the delegation will be able to interact with the other special delegations. This will be Lai's first overseas trip since taking office in 2020. Amid rumors that he may run for president in 2024, his every move is being closely watched. It's a tradition for Taiwan's president to visit temples over Spring Festival to give out red envelopes and scrolls for good luck. But now, as Taiwan faces a resurgence of the coronavirus, the tour has been canceled for the second year in a row. People can still collect lucky squirrels and envelopes by paying a visit to their local DPP official. She's pleased as punch to receive a Spring Festival scroll issued by the presidential office. It comes with a lucky coin in an envelope. She's at the office of a Taipei city councillor. Locals have been coming in all day to collect. These are so hard to get. They're very hard to get your hands on. I rode my bike here from Shuanglian Market. I'm so lucky that they were available right here. You can't get them elsewhere. You wouldn't know where to get them. I hadn't known they were here. If I had, I would have come earlier. I support President Tsai, and I support the DPP. The councillor says that high demand for schools has created something of a headache. <laughs> I was here in the early morning handing out spring festival scrolls. Everyone is far too proactive. Even before the scrolls were delivered, lots of people were already asking about them. Some people came here to reserve them. There were even some folks who were in a quarantine hotel and couldn't go out to get them, and they called us up and said, please leave two for me. So we printed more copies ourselves. Then we asked the party headquarters to give us more copies when we ran out of money to print more. The DPP triumphed in the last few elections, and that's inspired supporters of the DPP. And relatively speaking, everyone agrees that President Tsai has played a big role in these elections. So this year, everyone is trying to get these scrolls. There are also lucky envelopes and red envelopes. Demand is greater than supply, so we ask the presidential office to print some more to ease our trouble. Otherwise, we'll be sorry to our voters. The councillor said her party's success in the recent by-election, recall elections and referendum has been inspiration for Pan Green supporters, driving demand for the scrolls. This year, the presidential office printed 260,000 scrolls, 250,000 red envelopes and 330,000 lucky envelopes, each containing a 1NT coin. Traditionally, the president distributes them on a national tour over Spring Festival. But this year, the tour is cancelled due to the pandemic. The scrolls and envelopes will be distributed by public officials instead. In order to avoid gatherings, the president will not distribute red envelopes or lucky envelopes on tour this spring festival. The president's holiday itinerary will be released before the Lunar New Year holiday in line with precedent. This is the second year in a row that the tour has been called off. Last year, due to COVID, President Tsai Ing-wen replaced the tour with visits to police, disease prevention staff and other workers who had to work over the holiday. The government is taking steps to curb inflation ahead of the Lunar New Year holiday, which starts January 29th. It's negotiated holiday price freezes with nearly 500 consumer brands. They include breakfast chains like Good Morning, Laya Burger and MWD, along with eyewear company Kobayashi Optical and the Mentor Hair Salon. 
These brands have pledged not to raise prices until after Spring Festival. Three brands have gone above and beyond, promising not to raise prices for the rest of 2022. These brands are Formosa Chang, Easy House Vegetarian Cuisine, and Postaco and Curry Taco. Several other brands are offering holiday discounts, such as 10% off at the Sun Dongbao Steakhouse. Sticky rice doused in braised pork stew is a classic Taiwanese dish. In Jai's Puzi, one family restaurant has been refining the recipe for almost 60 years. The Huang family make all their dishes with traditional methods by hand, and that's gotten them a name for the best pork rice in Taiwan. Even President Tsai made a trip to savor the perfect bowl of glutinous rice. Glutinous rice is sprinkled with a glistening meat stew. With some coriander to lift the flavors, it's unbeatable. Someone told me the glutinous rice here was great, so I came here especially. I just learned President Tsai came here especially for this. The restaurant opens at dusk and sells the famous rice until midnight. Normally, glutinous rice is dressed in a brown stew of dried shrimp and mushroom. Here, they do it very differently, with the rice cooked to perfection in a traditional bamboo steamer basket. The braised meat stew is prepared with the utmost care. We use rice that's a few years old, so it has more bite to it, more chewiness. We use mostly long-grain glutinous rice. We cut all our pork by hand. The restaurant opened in 1962. It's long been legendary in Jiayi, and in 2019, President Tsai Ing-wen herself came here just to try the famous dish. I was very happy the president came to eat here. It was about two years ago that she came and had her glutinous rice. Second-generation restaurateur Huang Huijuan has been helping her parents here since she was a child. She knows all the tricks of the trade, from selecting the best vegetables to braising the meat. Even the side dishes are all made to traditional recipes, handmade in-house. That's what has made the restaurant its reputation for unshakable quality. Let's now head to the workshop of a craftsman with some very rare skills. Chen Yishen is a master wheel repairman. These days, most of us are used to throwing something away as soon as it is worn down and buying a replacement brand new. But chance repairs are much cheaper and incomparably better for the planet too. After almost half a century in the business, there's nobody who knows a wheel better. Chen Yishen has a very unusual expertise. He repairs the wheels of all kinds of vehicles, from farm tractors to fancy cars. He coaxes a distorted wheel back to a nice smooth curve. It takes many precise corrections, no matter if they've been bent out of shape or chipped. Under his ministrations, every wheel can be good as new again and serve for many more years. Getting it replaced new would cost 40,000 NT with a 20% discount. Here, it's something like 2,500 NT for one wheel. I started after I graduated middle school doing ox carts. Then, over time, I started doing wheels. And after middle school, I was working and attending night school at the same time. Chen previously had some apprentices, but after they gave the profession up, he feared for the future of his skills. At first, no one wanted to come and inherit the skills. Thankfully, my son wanted to do it so I could relax. 
The problem is he's in his 30s and he's not married yet. Not yet. That's what I'm worried about now. He has all this experience after all, so it's worth putting in the practice to develop it. Chen's son grew up with the arts of repair all around him. Now he's learning them in earnest. Father and son work together to keep these traditional repair skills alive. A new lantern installation in Nanto has ignited controversy. The Fortune Tiger installation was designed to ring in the year of the tiger, but it reminds some viewers of a cat or even a monkey. Others say it barely looks like an animal at all. But city officials are keen to defend the artwork, saying it was chosen to bring good cheer to the start of 2022. The Year of the Tiger is drawing near and Nanto City is bedecked with a new lantern installation to ring the changes. But the Fortune Tiger has drawn some puzzled reactions. I think it looks more like a cat. It's kind of funny. On first glance, it looks more like a monkey, but if you look closely at this pattern, it's more like an ironic tiger. The tiger's big round eyes gaze out from under a traditional official's cap. Its right hand holds a gold ingot, its left a flag, symbolizing financial bonanzas. It's wearing an imperial war costume, reminding many viewers of classic monkey images. Nanto Mayor Song Hwai Ling says the design was created through discussion among city officials. After much deliberation, they wanted to throw out the serious and fierce looks of previous years and go for a more lighthearted, fun and cheerful character. I want to report that this was designed by our colleague, a designer in the city hall. I hope the public can look for its positive aspects. We'd like to please everybody. The Fortune Tiger may have its detractors, but there are fans too. Either way, it's brought attention to the city.